Today's reading is Hebrews chapter 9, verses 6 to 14. When everything had been arranged like this, the priests entered regularly into the outer room to carry on their ministry. But only the high priest entered the inner room, and that only once a year, and never without blood, which he offered for himself and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit was showing by this that the way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed, as long as the first tabernacle was still functioning. This is an illustration for the present time, indicating that the gifts and sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the conscience of the worshipper. They are only a matter of food and drink and various ceremonial washings, external regulations applying until the time of the new order. But when Christ came as the high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made of human hands. That is to say, it's not a part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, so obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more, then, will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death, so that we may serve the living God. Well, thank you for reading, and uh, nice to be back with you this week. Promises. I want to talk about promises, and how you react to promises. Last week we heard an amazing promise of a new relationship with God on offer. A relationship where there is true forgiveness, the past is actually forgotten. True change, you become the the person you were made to be. True knowledge, you, you know God personally, intimately and directly. How do we react to that promise? We could think it sounds too good to be true. How could, our, how could our wrong be dealt with like that so God can't actually remember it? How could I know God so completely and directly and personally? It sounds too much. Or we could have the opposite reaction. Uh, we've been Christians for years. Uh, the idea of forgiveness, knowing God, is all very familiar to us. Um, It's so familiar, though, it it sort of lacks any punch in our lives. It it lacks vitality. We've heard Jesus died for me so many times that it's, it's a rather abstract idea. And there's very little impact. Too good to be true. Too familiar to be true. In Hebrews chapters 9 and 10, uh, we hear how Jesus' death brings about this relationship. And I hope we both understand Jesus' death, maybe for the first time, how he wins this relationship with God for us, and that it might have some fresh power to us. We might, we might kind of feel this and feel the reality and the vitality of it. Now, our writer is, is writing to Jews who have become Christians. They're people who believed in, in the Old Testament. Um, they were fully immersed in that. So he starts by telling them about the Old Testament sort of setup 
and from that explains Jesus. So let me say briefly, the, in the Old Testament temple, um, there was a, a courtyard and then a tent called the, the Holy Place, and that's where the sacrifices took place. Beyond that was another curtain and, and room called the Most Holy Place, and that's where the Ark of the Covenant was, that's where God lived. And so, verse 6, when everything had been arranged like this, the priest entered regularly into the outer room to carry on their ministry. But only the high priest entered the inner room, the most holy place, and that only once a year, and never without blood, which he offered for himself and for the sins the people had committed. So every day the priests went into the outer room, the holy place, and carried out their sacrifices, but they were never allowed to go into the most holy place. Only the high priest could go in there once a year on what was called the Day of Atonement. That was sort of the climax of all of the sacrifices. At the heart of it, he took a goat and sacrificed it for the sins of the people, and then he would go into the most holy place and sprinkle the blood in front of God. The point being, the animal was like a substitute for the people, it took their place, it took the punishment for them, death, and the high priest takes blood into God to say, look, blood, a death has taken place, sin has been paid for, forgive your people. Only it didn't really work, verse 8. The Holy Spirit was showing by this that the way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed, as long as the first tabernacle was still standing. By first tabernacle, he probably means the outer tent that, that blocks the way to the most holy place. The very design of the temple said God was inaccessible, you couldn't get to him. They were right to perform the sacrifices, God wanted them to, but it didn't really take away sin. It was a, it was a picture. And with Jesus came the reality. Three parts to this reality. Jesus was a real substitute. Verse 14. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God. This high priest offered not an animal, but himself. Or verse 12, he enters not with animal blood, but with his own blood. This priest is also the substitute. Imagine um, back to being at school, and you and your friend muck around in class, and you get given detentions. But you go to the teacher and say, um, if I could find someone to do my detention for me, would that be all right? It's a rather odd idea, but the teacher says, fair enough, why not? And so you say, great, in that case, um, Harry will do my attention for me. Harry? Who's, who's Harry? Uh, Harry? Harry's my hamster, Harry the hamster from home. I'll bring him in, and he'll sit here as good as gold, and he'll, he'll do my detention. No, 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 no. When I said someone else could do your detention, I meant another, another pupil. Harry can't do it. Oh, well, in that case, David will do it for me. David? What, David, you were, you were mucking around with in class? Uh, yeah. Well, David, I gave David his own detention. He can't do your detention, he's going to do his own. 
A substitute um, has got to be someone like us, one of us, so they can take our place. They've got to be unlike us, they've got to be innocent. Someone like us, Jesus offered himself. He's one of us, fully human, lived a life on earth under God, like us. And yet he's unlike us. He offered himself unblemished. Now unblemished was the, was the description for the animals. They had to be unblemished, perfect in, in appearance. But that was just the picture. Jesus is the reality. He, he has a lifetime of unblemished performance and character and obedience to God. He is completely innocent. An animal couldn't take your place. They're an animal. Every other human can't take your place. They've got their own wrong. But Jesus is perfectly qualified to be a real substitute. He offered himself unblemished. And because of that, secondly, he offered a real sacrifice. I said a moment ago the animal took the people's sin onto them itself and then took its punishment. But it was just a picture. But with Jesus, what the animals pictured really happened. Verse 26 at the end of the passage, he has appeared to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people. He's a real substitute, so sin really can go on to him. The lies, the greed, the selfishness, glorifying ourselves, ignoring God. All are wrong. It really goes on to Jesus. And then as he dies, it really is punished. God's anger and judgment falls on him. It really happens. When I was a a kid, I spent um, a certain amount of time having to wait for... I was going to say my parents. It was always my dad, actually. I spent a certain amount of time having to wait for my dad outside shops. I don't know if you ever did this. We'd park. He'd say, stay here. I won't be long. <laughs> yes. And, um, and he'd go into usually a DIY shop. I don't know if you ever amused yourself by uh, getting into the driver's seat and pretending to drive. Um, you'd sort of, sort of turn the wheel a bit and move the mirrors and um, make some noises maybe, possibly beat the horn, but that usually brings the uh, the game to an end as an angry father appeared. Stop it. I imagine for many of us, um, when we were 17, um, we got into a driving seat of a car and turned the wheel and pressed the pedals and looked in the mirror and pressed the horn. Only this time, it was really happening. In the Old Testament, the priest took a substitute unblemished and it died. And then Jesus came unblemished and died. Same pattern, substitute, sacrifice, only this time it's really happening. I said at the start, sometimes Jesus' death can just feel a bit abstract to us bit of a concept. I know this is terribly simple, but um, we must remember it was a real event. There was a day 
There was a time when our sin was transferred to Jesus and punished by God, his righteous judgment, and paid for real sin, sin from this week, put on Christ and punished. There was, if you like, in history, a real day of atonement. And the picture became a reality. One more thing. Jesus, a real substitute, offered a real sacrifice. So he enters the real sanctuary. And sanctuary is just another word for for most holy place. Verse 24. For Christ did not enter a man-made sanctuary, that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself now to appear for us in God's presence. I said the high priest, having done the sacrifice, um, went into the most holy place and presented the blood to God. Jesus died, rose, ascends to heaven and goes into the real most holy place, God's actual presence, and appears before us, before God. Imagine a conversation um, between a Jew and a Christian. The Christian asks, um, with all these, those sacrifices and priests and stuff, what was the best bit? And the Jew says, oh, the best bit was Day of Atonement, when the, the high priest went into the most holy place and presented the blood to God. That was brilliant. Oh, why? Well, I just thought at that moment, I thought, that blood presented to God, I thought, God accepts us. We're forgiven for another year. Another year? Oh yeah, well you have to do it again next year. Um, but for that moment, I lived, on, I lived on that moment. Verse 24. Christ entered heaven itself, now to appear for us in God's presence. He didn't enter heaven again and again. Now he's appeared once for all to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. My, my Jewish friend, your pre-sacrifices didn't really work. I mean, God gave them to you, yes, but they were a picture. It wasn't a real substitute, so um, it didn't really take away sin. That's why the high priest had to keep on doing it every year. But there is another high priest, the real high priest. It was a real substitute and he offered a real sacrifice. So he entered the real sanctuary, heaven itself. And do you know what he's doing there now? Your high priest sprinkled the blood towards God, before God and he thought God accepts you. Jesus is there. That was the picture. Jesus is doing the reality. He's gone into God's actual presence and he is before God saying, now... There has been a death. Sin has been paid for. Here is blood. So that moment you loved, my friend, when the high priest went in and you thought God accepts you, that moment is happening every moment. Because Jesus is there now. It's happening as I speak to you now, today. He's there appearing before the Father for us. And we Christians live on that. We live on that assurance, that reality that Jesus is before the Father 
for us. Promises. How do we react to promises? God says, I promise to remove your sin so completely, I will forget it. I promise you can know me personally, intimately and directly. Too good to be true? Too familiar to be true? See the reality of it. Feel it, a real substitute. A true human taking your place. A real sacrifice taking your actual sins. A real sanctuary. Jesus is there now pleading his blood for you. This is real. And if we trust in Jesus, it is real for us. Why don't we pray? Our Heavenly Father, thank you so much for for Jesus. We praise you for such an amazing substitute sacrifice that he would take our place and he would appear before you for us. We wonder at him and we ask for you to help us see him and help us to know the reality of all he has done. And we ask in his name. Amen.